0: Welcome to Under the Lens. Come and enjoy an extraordinary, raw, and unfiltered podcast that delivers debate, discussions, and interviews about film, pop culture, and everything in between. Here is your host, film critic and journalist, Byron Lafayette. Hey all, and welcome to Under the Lens. I am, of course, your host, Byron Lafayette. And today we have a very special episode uh, of the podcast. We're going to be talking about Christmas movies, uh, some of our favorites, uh, some of our least favorites, and what you guys should be watching this holiday season. Uh, I have uh, two uh, very special guests with me today. Uh, I have uh, Curry Morris from The uh, Curry Review, And I also have, uh, for longtime listeners of the podcast, I have uh, J.B. Huffman from Manly Movies. Uh, He's a longtime friend of the show, and I'm very happy for uh, both of these guys to join me today uh, with their top 10 lists. Uh, So uh, welcome to the program, guys.
1: It's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So, uh, just you know, briefly before we get started, you know, uh, what is your guys's relationship with Christmas movies? Uh, do you guys like them? Do you dislike them? Are you excited every year to uh, to watch them? How how does that go?
2: I mean, I don't start getting you know a lot of people start start on them in like you know October, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> like I like to wait until December really to get started on them, but I do enjoy them. Um, it's just I have my favorites and sometimes I venture and watch something that's that I haven't seen before, but I always go back to my favorites. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, for me, I'm I'm very much a, I'm going to wait until after Thanksgiving to start the Christmas uh, craze <laughs> per se. But uh, I don't rewatch Christmas movies a ton. There is probably like one or two that I rewatch fairly regularly. Or ones I like watched so much with my parents growing up that uh there's a special fondness there. Um but there are go-tos for sure, like anything. Um but I'm not like a huge I have to watch all these Christmas movies as a tradition every year. I'm more likely to watch Lord of the Rings in December as an anniversary than I have to watch <laughs> a Christmas movie. But
0: yeah, hey, I can't criticize that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, you know, why don't we uh, before we get into our our, uh, top 10 lists, um, you know, why don't we uh, start with uh, with some honorable mentions of ones that uh, that we liked but didn't quite make it onto that uh, that top 10. Uh, Do you want to start us off, J.B.?
2: Sure. Uh, Well, some that I remember that I grew up on that, you know, I've always had a special fondness for, but they're not going to make my top 10. Is like the Santa Claus with Tim Allen and uh, Home Alone Two, which you know every time I rewatch it, it's not as good as I remember it <laughs> growing up. It was I, I used to love it when I was growing up, but it's just not not top ten material for me. Um, and then there's another one that came out in 1998 called I'll Be Home for Christmas with jonathan taylor thomas and jessica biel and you know in 1998 jonathan taylor thomas and jessica biel were like it (laughs) back then you know so um that was you know back in the uh home improvement in seventh heaven days but yeah that i I always have a special fondness for that movie even though i know it's not that great (laughs) Um, But then there's also, you know, the classics like The Christmas Carol, uh, whichever version you're watching of that, there's like 25 of them. Um, Trading Places, Fat Man, which is not a classic, (laughs) but it's a very non-traditional Christmas movie that I really, really enjoy. And then there's a couple of rom-coms that I've watched a couple of times with my wife, and and she would probably say The Holiday is probably one of her favorites. And I'm I I i can not argue with that. It's a great movie. Um, but I also would bring up uh a movie that came out in two thousand nineteen called Last Christmas with uh Amelia Clark and Henry Golding. That was a and, good
0: one. I liked that.
2: Hmm. It really was, yeah. Um I know that's Byron's pick for uh for James Bond is Henry Golding, right? That
0: is correct. Yes, I would love to see him in that role. My man
2: but Snake yeah, those... Eyes,
1: shout out. Huh? My man Snake Eyes, give him a shout out. Nice. Yeah.
2: But yeah, those would be my honorable mentions that I would you know throw out there. They didn't quite make the top ten for me, but you know still good ones to revisit every so often. Um, it happened on Fifth Avenue is also a good one too. So. Cool and you're going to
0: have to have to hold me back from my love of uh, of Snake Eyes, you know, just diving into making this a Snake Eyes episode. So but before that happens, I'll hand it over to uh, to Curry for his honorable mentions.
1: <laughs> uh, plot twist. I'm also a big Snake Eyes movie fan. Um, So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Now, for me, this list was hard to make because, first of all, I had trouble like thinking of like Christmas movies that like like what are some of the people I know haven't watched or aren't as popular that like I love or maybe won't get as highly ranked as some other ones. Um, So of course, you know, i come up with this big list. And even now I feel like I'm going to forget something. And one of y'all are going to say it. I'm going to be like, I'm going to change my list. But for now, like for honorable mentions, the three that kind of come to mind, and the first one is one that I feel like is overplayed, overhyped, slightly overrated but also when you watch it, you can't help but love it, and that is Elf with Will Ferrell. Um, That's my first honorable mention. Um, I think it's a little too overrated to put in my top ten, but also I completely understand why people love it, right? Like, it's just one of those things that plays way too much. (laughs) Uh, Secondly uh, would be Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Uh, the old uh, Rankin-Bass animation, the stop-motion animation. I'm a big fan of those, but that one I don't quite as hold... Uh, to on a pedestal as I do with some others. And then another one, and this one really hurt to not put in my top 10, but it's just not one I find myself being able to rewatch as often. It's more, it's more one that I feel like is referenced and has a, that cultural significance. And that is a Christmas story. Um, really love it. There's actually a really funny uh, story with my dad. They did a play version of this in my local like uh, teen theater or whatnot. And they were auctioning off a of leg lamp And my dad put my name in the drawing and I was terrified I was going to win and have to go on stage and take it. And also when I was a kid, I looked a lot like Ralphie. I had glasses very similar to his. Uh, So that movie's got a special place in my heart, but doesn't quite crack that top 10. But that's mine.
0: Those are all good choices, uh, you know, it, honestly, like honorable mentions are almost a little bit like more painful than the list itself, just because, you know, yes. I find that there's ones that I really like that are ended up on there. So for, for me, you know, it was close, you know, there was a few that were on the top 10 that like, as I thought of more had to, you know, come off. But, um, uh, for me, my, my honorable mentions I had were some very painful ones, uh, but you know, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, um you know, is one that I love, uh, you know, that, that was an honorable mention, uh, 1947's The Bishop's Wife, uh, with Cary Grant. That's um, just, a great one. Oh, it's a great movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I almost had that in my top 10, uh, you know, then, um, uh, 1988's Die Hard, of course, uh, you know, almost made it into my top 10. Cause it's a movie I rewatch every year and I love it. Um, And uh, then one that is probably an unpopular Christmas movie that you would never hear on any list, but one that I still enjoy is uh, reindeer games
2: with uh, um, Ben
0: Affleck. It's just it's a fun movie,
2: you know. Haven't seen that one since probably right after it came out. I need yeah. to rewatch that one.
0: It's a pretty, pretty awful movie, but at the same time, like I said, there's just so much, there's so much fun stuff and the cast is so good that it's, it's just one of those ones you can have a lot of fun with. Um, so I'm, I'm probably going to end up rewatching that one this year. Um, but yeah, so those were my, my honorable mentions, uh, you know, and there's just, you know, there's so many, so many Christmas movies, even that, that didn't even make that. Um, so, yeah, uh, and, oh, one, one last one, too, that was an honorable mention, too, was uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. It was a 30-minute a animated Very nice. uh, film. I just love that one as well. Uh, it's so much fun. So, all right. Well, we got our honorable mentions uh, out of the way. And uh, for those of you who are listening, we are also going to be uh, talking about our number one most disliked Christmas movie uh, after we get through our top ten. So uh, so stay tuned for, uh, for that one. Um, you probably haven't heard uh haven't heard that as a uh, as a selection in a podcast about your favorite christmas movies um so what we're going to do is we're going to get started with the whole reason that you've been listening to this podcast which is the uh, top 10 list and uh what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go uh go around the uh, around the circle we'll start with uh with number 10 and then we'll kind of work our way up um Now, you know, uh, I can say for myself here that this top 10 list is not necessarily laid out in any particular order except for the number one film. Uh, The other ones kind of are interchangeable. So, uh, you know, so when I say what my number 10 is, that doesn't necessarily mean it's my 10th least favorite on the list. Um, But uh, I can only speak for myself. That's not for, for our guests today. Um, so what we'll do is why don't we get started, uh, with, uh, you, Curry, we'll start with our, our number 10, then we'll go, uh, Curry, JB, and then me and, uh, and, uh, we'll go until we hit our, uh, hit our number one.
1: Sounds good. So I kind of hinted at this already, but at number 10, I have Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, uh, the stop motion animation one, uh, often packaged with Santa Claus is coming to town and other films of that air and that style. There's just something about this one. I remember watching it as a kid a lot um the the characters are memorable the songs are good it's got a heartwarming message you know it's just one of those timeless stories that I could see like you know it's just it's just of cultural significance and also in my family we have a joke that uh the oh gosh I can't remember I think it's Hermie the dentist uh or no Hermie the elf who wants to be a dentist um he looks a lot like my younger brother (laughs) and we actually have a a Christmas ornament and we would always hold it up to his face and take a picture. And uh, it's just really funny. And uh, I have a lot of good memories watching that one.
0: That is really funny. Uh, Great choice though.
2: Thank you. Um, For me, now this is, this is the part where I cheat a little bit. Um, I think I did this on our Thanksgiving Special on my show (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. Um, But all four of these movies, if you add them all together, they're about as long as Die Hard. So um, you could say it's a cheat if you want to, but they're all short, super short specials. Um, One of them is called Happy Holidays with Bing and Frank, 1957. It's like just like a little... Special with uh, Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra, and they just sit around the uh, the table and sing like classic Christmas songs, and they, you know, kind of cut up and stuff. It's it's just a cool a cool thing to sit down and watch. And if you and if you like crooning music like that, it's it was it's, it's for you for sure. Um, another one I can't I can't have a list and not put Charlie Brown Christmas on there. I just I can't do it. So you know that's my other short. To make up one long movie. (laughs) Um, And then there is Christmas Eve on Sesame Street from 1978, which is one that I grew up watching every year, multiple times. And now I watch it as an adult and I swear (laughs) I cry watching freaking Sesame Street when I watch it again. Um, Not a year goes by that I don't watch that one. That one actually is an hour long. It's 60 minutes. But it's just, it's a really cool story. Um, But yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. I'm not going to give any spoilers away. Uh, And then I had to include, no, not the Ron Howard remake. No, not the Benedict Cumberbatch Illumination remake. The original 1966 How the Grinch Stole Christmas, because that's the only one anybody should watch. I'm kidding. I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But <laughs> I like the I agree original. With you. I, agree I like. With you. I like Boris Karloff. I mean, it's, it's Frankenstein's monster, right? Doing the. Doing the <laughs> <laughs> that's what makes it so great is Boris Karloff's voice, narrating and playing the Grinch and everything, um, and then of course that classic song "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch" is just so perfect. Oh my God, um, yeah, my kid actually. Sang in a choir special tonight at the, the town hall tree lighting contest or t- the tree lighting service. And they sang several songs and this, that was one of the ones that they sang. And I was like, yes, I'm so happy that they picked that song. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Yep.
0: Man. Well, uh, my, my 10th, uh, my 10th film here, um, you know, I was putting them a little bit into, into a little bit semblance of order here. Uh, I think uh, number 10 for me uh, is going to be the 1996 film with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, Uh, Jingle All the Way. Um, nice. You know, it's, 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 it's just so much fun. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those movies, you know, you see, you don't really see on that many lists, but you hear a little, a lot of people talk about, it. I loved it as a kid when I saw it, you know, I, I've seen it like countless times and it's one of those ones I revisit a lot. It's just, it's hilarious. You know, it's just, it's, it's really one of those, it, it has almost that feel of like the, almost like a 1930s slapstick comedy almost, um, you know because it's ridiculous you know uh it's not really meant to make a lot of sense at all you know it's it's kind of almost like a surreal you know like a surreal world almost it's not really a realistic world but um but i it's just so much fun uh so my, my family and i always rewatch that um you know normally every other year and, and we have a lot of fun uh laughing together so so that that goes with my uh, my number 10 um so now moving on to, uh, to number nine, uh, what do you have in that, uh, in that spot, uh, Curry?
1: First of all, everything you just said made me so happy. Uh, <laughs> second of all, if I knew that we could cheat and put shorts in one spot, this list would have been a lot easier <laughs> 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 because several well, minor shorts coming up, but we will get there when we get there.
2: I might have broke some rules. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's okay. (laughs) I'm actually kind of jealous I didn't think of that because it's – whatever.
2: At number nine,
1: uh, I have The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Um, This is one I know I watched it, all of them, a ton as a kid. Um, But I haven't rewatched it in a long time, and I I, I plan to rewatch the trilogy since the new Disney Plus show is out. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it yet but I just remember there was something about it as a kid, just the way they did the Santa Claus lore and the comedy and just loving Tim Allen so much as a kid from home improvement, galaxy quest, all of those things. You would never think that Tim Allen, you know, Buzz Lightyear would be a good Santa Claus. And yet like, he's probably one of the best, if not the best movie Santa Clauses we've ever had. And uh, I just have a huge soft spot for it. It's like that peak nineties, um, just movie magic, I guess you could say a very original, very fresh compared to a lot of Christmas movies. So I, I really enjoy that one. So the Santa Claus is my number nine.
2: Nice. Yeah. That's a that, good choice <laughs> for sure. That that's actually one of my wife's all time favorites and it just barely didn't make my top 10. Yeah. I
1: hear you.
2: Um, all right. So my number nine, this is where I go a different direction here. I've got to put Batman returns in here, man. i was wondering if that was going to show up on somebody
0: interesting choice
2: (laughs) yeah i mean because i just i love these uh tim burton batman movies it's just such a um i just love the take on it and it's very very comic driven and it's how i would imagine gotham to be and i I just love, every time I watch this now as an adult, I'm like, man, this really is a Christmas movie. <laughs> like, um, it really is, though. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I, I, it's one that I could, I don't necessarily throw it on at Christmas time, but I will, you know, just randomly go through the those four '90s Batman movies in, around Christmas time <laughs> or after Christmas. Or I think last year I watched them all in like the beginning of January. So I can kind of, um, still feel like it's Christmas. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm a big Tim Burton fan and I, I love the, the Michael Keaton Batman movies. Um, but yeah. You know, Danny DeVito is the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Like it just, it doesn't get much better than that, man. It's it's they're so cheesy, but they're also so good and just so nostalgic <laughs> at the same time.
1: You know, it's funny. I I rewatched Batman Returns not that long ago, and it used to be my favorite one. But then this time when I rewatched it, and uh, Byron, you can cut this out if you want to. It, it's, it is everything in it is such an innu- innuendo. Like every single line, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> This is, like, so hard to even take seriously, you know, like, got to the point where I was like, okay, this is getting old. But on that note, isn't Batman and Robin also set at Christmas? That is... A, because yeah. I remember a part where uh Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze is making his, uh like, henchmen sing a Christmas song about it being cold. Yeah, you know what? what? It That's a,
0: it, I think it might be. I think he might... I, I'm gonna to have to revisit that and see. I'm not sure. That's a good question.
1: Yeah, and lastly, I totally told my wife I was gonna cheat and do this, but I decided not to. But I'm gonna throw out another honorable mention since we're on the subject. Yeah, Iron Man three is a Christmas movie. One hundred percent is it
0: is it is definitely and a Christmas movie. I almost
1: I almost put it on my list, and by by rating alone, it should be on this list. Yeah, but we'll just ignore that for now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fine. We'll talk about it again later. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. spoiler alert and well coming in at my at my number nine is probably going to be a, a bit of a controversial one for some people um but it is a newer film uh from uh from 2020 and it is uh fat man with uh mil gibson yes,
1: yes. You know, i need to see that one. Oh, it is Dude. it is
0: the weirdest movie because like the trailer almost showcases it as this comedy, but it's like a thriller, a drama. It's a moral like lesson. It's such a strange movie, but uh uh Mel Gibson is just fantastic in it as as uh Santa Claus is kind of almost like last Jedi depressed Luke Skywalker version of Santa. you know he's withdrawn himself from the world, he's not really into it anymore. Um, you know, and then you know this. Did you liked it? Oh, I, like I loved it? this film. Yes, it was. I I loved the idea of this kind of like you know uh, of. I loved the idea that it that it it um that it presented as like Santa not just being this this guy who delivers presents, but he's also kind of an enforcer of the world morals a little bit. I kind of liked that. You know that he, um, you know they they kind of impress almost this kind of like Judeo Christian you know like god you know um roll on him almost and it's just full of a lot of ridiculous you know like gunfights and there's like this one scene where he's he's confronting the villain and he picks up this glass of milk and he drinks the milk down and then he like grimaces and he's like ah oh. he's like yeah i taste fentanyl he's like that'll do it to you <laughs> and then he just goes on with the scene <laughs> Oh, oh it's just a movie you have to see to believe but i really i really do love it and so it, it made it to my ninth
2: uh
1: my ninth spot
2: oh curry okay. this movie would be right up your alley i promise you it's so it's so good well, it's um, mel gibson,
1: so that's an easy sell so
2: exactly and that's that's probably why he's why, why byron said it would be controversial because yeah. you know you said the name mel gibson and oh my gosh people <laughs> lose their freaking minds that <laughs> aside, i love his movies like yeah i don't care yeah, yeah. whatever I love his yeah. movie. I love his, as an actor, director, whatever. I just, oh.
1: Braveheart's in my top 10 of all time. Okay. And I love. Off his other movies, <laughs> and I mean, uh, JB and I gushed over him in Expendables Three in one of the mainly movie uh, episodes, which oh yeah, hasn't
2: been released yet? Right, has not released yet. I'm gonna put it out a little bit before the the new movie comes out, whenever that may be. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I know, right? <sighs> <sighs> I, yeah,
0: I feel I feel like Mel Gibson is one of those few kind of actor directors, almost like Clint Eastwood, that he excels at both. You know, you don't see yeah, that yeah. a huge amount with
1: uh, no. with talent. No, you don't. You don't. Well, cool. So uh, we're moving on to number eight.
0: Yep. Let's let's hit number eight.
1: All right. Well, this one was mentioned earlier in an honorable mention. And I put it up there because of my uh, fondness of it as a kid, for it as a kid. And (laughs) I've heard from a lot of folks that whenever they rewatch this, that it's not as good as they remember. So I'm a little scared to rewatch it, but that is Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. When I was a kid, this was actually my favorite of the Home Alone movies. Uh, which really there are only two of we don't speak of the ones afterwards (laughs) what are you talking uh, about there's only two exactly i
0: never even knew they made more
1: (laughs) (laughs) what are we talking about again Uh, so anyways we'll come back to that when we talk about most hated christmas movies Um, (laughs) uh, so home alone Two, lost in new york whatever problems people have with it i just think it's hilarious i'm a big slapstick comedy fan yeah so just uh you know when Kevin is just beating up on Marvin them and like the bricks. And I think it's the bricks in that one. I get them confused sometimes. Um, all of just the crazy things that happen. And uh, I'm a middle child. So like Kevin being forgotten or being put on the wrong plane, I always like <laughs> felt seen. <when> I was <laughs> <kid>. Not that <laughs> that ever happened to me, of course. But, uh, you know, it's just the little things that your mind does, like connect you with characters. And of course, you know, Home Alone just has a way of capturing my heart because of that iconic theme. Uh, that plays uh, that music is just whenever I hear it, it just warms my heart. So I think it's funny. I think it's clever. Uh It may not be as good as the first one, but it's still very good in my opinion.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, it's a good movie. It's, it's top 20 for me. Yes. Um, I, I, I enjoy it and I always watch it. I mean, I'm going to watch the first one and I'm going to watch the second one right after every single year. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a great one. It's, you know, it's uh I always say it's one of those sequels that does, you know, almost everything right in the sense it ups, it ups the stakes It you know, it gets bigger, you know, brings in more characters, but um, you know, even though the, the first one I think will always be my favorite in the classic, there's just so much to love. in that second one, there's, there's so much, it has so much heart.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the Plaza hotel, right. The, the Tim Curry, honestly, people, <laughs> I saw a meme that said you can tell a lot about a person by um, what the first movie you saw Tim Curry in? And, and for me, it's Home Alone 2 Every single time, that's that's yeah. the one that I think of. I, I mean, that's that's the role that I will always think of. I mean, I know he's done some great movies and he's had some crazy roles, but man, that <laughs> that hotel manager is always going to be the one that I think of. I love it. Nice. Um, with me, I want to stay with the Tim Burton theme. On this one, and I'm going to go with one that was written by Tim Burton, but not directed. 1993 is mm-hmm. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and, and you can kind of go back and forth, whether this is a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. And it kind of takes place, you know, in in both worlds, I guess. But it, it is one that I, the first time I watched it, I, I liked it, but I wouldn't have put it like, you know, among my favorites and then you know when i watched it again i liked it a little bit more and then when i watched it with my son recently back um during halloween actually we we sat down and watched it and he just ate it up and he always and he's four right so he's he, does, he can't really say it he just calls it jack skellington and but but he says it like jack Dad again like he <laughs> it's so cute the way he says it <laughs> That's awesome. he always wants to watch it now but he just loved it so much. And I'm sorry, when a four-year-old can sit down and watch a stop-motion claymation movie from the 1990s, like, that's a win as a dad, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, because, you know, that nowadays they have to be glued to all that crazy CGI now. Um, but, yeah, it's just uh, – it's a cool story. It's very interesting and dark. Um, and – parents can watch it and kids can watch it and get some, everybody can get something out of it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a good one. I I really enjoy it. And Danny Elfman actually uh, does voice work in the movie, which is really cool. I mean, he's, he's normally a composer, but of course he composed the movie, but he also did Jack Skellington's voice and he did several other voices. And then you got Catherine O'Hara playing Sally um which Catherine O'Hara is a staple for Christmas movies, right? You have got to have her. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely.
2: <laughs>
1: Don't so, hurt me, but I've never seen it.
2: Oh. Oh, you're hurting my heart, man. Oh, I no. actually
0: saw it for the first time uh, uh this uh, it was last year was the first time I saw it and it was uh um they put it on at um at my office of when I was working and um And yeah, it it was definitely like, you know, I I would say it's, it's not really, you know, something that's like my cup of tea necessarily, but I did appreciate, uh, you know, just the, you know, the, the stop motion, the music, you know, it was extremely well done. Uh, you know, so, so definitely I tip my hat to it for, for all of that. For
2: sure. Yeah.
0: So let's see. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about our, our eighth, right? Our eighth, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll yes, track there for a second. So my, uh, my number eight pick, uh, is going to be from 1951 and it is uh, a Christmas Carol. And, um, this is the version that stars, uh, Alistair Sim, uh, and it is directed by Brian Desmond Hurst. And, um, I believe this is a, a British, uh, a British, uh, adaptation, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many different versions of, of A Christmas Carol, but this is the the first one that I was ever introduced uh, to as a kid. And, um, you know, I just I just love it uh, the way it's it's filmed. It's so moody. Uh, it's almost filmed like a noir almost, uh, you know, with the with the shadows, the close up camera, um, camera shots, you uh, you know, the acting, everything, it's just, it, it's a great movie. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's one that I revisit all the time, uh, just cause not only the nostalgia of me, you know, as a kid, but just like, it really handles all of the themes of A Christmas Carol really, really well.
2: Nice. I, I actually, I don't think I've seen that version. I've seen the, the 1933 with, uh, Reginald Owen. And I might've seen that one, but I just, I can't remember if I have or not, but
1: I don't know what versions I've seen and what I haven't. There's so many of them, <laughs> right? There and then really there's, is. you know, there's the
2: Jim Carrey version and then the Disney uh, Patrick versions, Stewart version, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> M- M- the Muppets and the Mickey mouse. Like it's just, Oh my gosh. There's so yeah. many of them. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Oh man. All right. Well, as we uh, as we move along here, we're now moving on to our uh, our, our seventh pick. Uh, what do you have uh, for us, Curry?
1: Yeah. So at number seven, this might be kind of a kind of a deep pull. Uh, neither of you guys have it logged on Litterbox, um, but it is called uh, the Snowman from 1982, directed by Jimmy T Murakami and Diane Jackson, and actually didn't know this before, but David Bowie is one of the voices. Um, there's not much in the way of voices in this. This is actually a short film. It's only 28 minutes. Um, this was one that my mom loves and we had a VHS tape version of it. And then I think we got a DVD later on and we watched it every year. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it. I don't even know if there is any lines of dialogue, maybe one, or there's some grunts or something like that. But it's about, it's essentially the story of this boy and he builds a snowman and the snowman comes to life and he takes him on this adventure. And that's really all you need to know. Um, It is beautiful. It is haunting. It is heartbreaking, but it is also hopeful. And it has a score, the the main theme that will just stay with you and stick with you and make you reflect upon Christmas. I think in ways you haven't. The music does that for me. So I, I highly recommend, if you two have not seen it, it's only 28 minutes, and that's, I think, with credits. Uh, definitely check it out. It's called The Snowman from 1982. Um, I think it's very uh, underrated, um, but it looks like people who have seen it do agree with me on Letterboxd. It has a average rating of 3.9 uh, out of 5, so uh, I, I definitely
2: recommend yeah, it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen that either. I haven't even heard of it, but it looks like a lot of people that you know on my letterbox really really like it yeah it's good um, and I see that it's it's streaming on Amazon Prime. And if you don't have that, it is on Voodoo free with ads. So oh, perfect. anybody who wants to watch it, can watch it for free.
1: <laughs> now, y'all should uh, check it out and let me know what you think. I'd be curious as to your thoughts. Yeah, I'm
0: definitely going to check it out. Like, um, I, I want to say I haven't heard of it. That being said, I recognize the artwork. So I feel like I've probably seen some clips of it maybe in like mm-hmm. montages mm-hmm. or something. Um, but yeah, definitely going to be adding that to my list for this year to watch.
2: Cool. Interesting. There's also a movie called The Snowman with Michael Fassbender and Val Kilmer and J.K. Simmons. I was like, I've never heard of this movie. What the heck? (laughs) From 2017? (laughs) Holy
1: mackerel. And actually, I just found out there's a sequel to what I just talked about that I did not know about that was made in 2012.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. There's a legacy sequel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love the related films tab on Letterboxd they added. Because I'm
2: like, oh, I didn't know there was another one. Oh, yeah, I I like that a lot. All right, I'm I'm going I'm going back classic now with the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, nineteen forty seven. Nice. I know Byron prefers the new one with Mara Wilson, but man, I just I can't. Natalie Wood and Maureen O'Hara. Edmund Gwynn playing Chris Kringle is just so. It just. It hits me in the feels, man. I can't. I can't not. This is the one that I always go back to. I do like the 90s one, but it doesn't touch the original to me. And, And I'm a big. As I've said before, I'm just a really big fan of anything made in the 40s. It's just. I don't know, I don't know what it is about that decade, but it it's just, it hits me and it hits my soul for some reason. So nice.
0: That's a great choice. It's, it's a really, it's a really good movie. And it's kind of funny too, that you mentioned that one because, uh, my seventh choice here is actually Miracle on 34th street, uh, but the one from the nineties. So it's nice. <laughs> kind of funny. We kind nice. of had a, had a pairing there. Um, Yeah, you know, um, you know, while I do really enjoy the '40s ones because I'm a huge fan of the the golden age of of Hollywood, uh, I just I love the uh, 1994 uh, version of that. Um, You know, uh, it just uh, you know I was introduced to it, you know, when I was when I was a kid. Um, I saw it first before I saw the uh, the '40s version. Um, and it's just like, oh man, what a cast, you know, we have Elizabeth Perkins, we have JT Walsh, you know, we have James Remar, Dylan McDermott, Richard Attenborough is Chris Kringle, Mara Wilson, uh, you know, and the list goes on. There's just like, it's a who's who of nineties talent, you know, uh, um, in this film and, uh, you know, uh, it has, you know, large set pieces, um, you know, a huge amount of heart just overflowing with it. And, um. You know, just for me, honestly, you know the 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 iconic and just the the definitive, you know, Santa Claus for me will always be Richard Attenborough. Uh, just the way he he portrays it, um, I just absolutely adore that movie. It's one I watch uh, with my parents normally every year, um, and uh, you know, it's just, it's definitely one that uh, I know I stand kind of by myself a little bit with preferring it to the uh, to the um, the original, but uh, but I just I just love it.
2: Oh, it's fine. It's a fine film. I mean, it's 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 a good remake, and like you said, it's got a who's who of nineteen nineties cast. And I mean, I grew up on on some Mara Wilson. Man, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire is one of my all time favorites. And then you know, there's Matilda, which like <laughs> I used to watch a lot growing up. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan of that cast and 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 the and Mara Wilson back in the day. So.
0: No, that that is true. Yeah. You know, so definitely people listen, you know, I I would definitely recommend, you know, see, see both versions of it because, uh, because, um, the nineties one is not a straight remake. It actually does change the story around a bit, you Mm -hmm. know, so there's, it's, it's, it's very different. So like, you know, it's not like you're watching the same movie when you see, you know, one after the other, uh, they both are very different. So, so I always recommend people, you know, see both of them because there's going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of little cool extra stuff in there
2: which is how it should be. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh (laughs) If you're going to make a remake, please don't just do shot for shot. Like change something. (laughs) (laughs) Switch it
0: up a little bit. Man.
2: Otherwise, what's the point? We'll just watch the original.
0: <laughs> exactly. It needs to bring something new to the table. Um mm-hmm. you know <coughs> Lion King twenty sixteen. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't get distorted. started. And I like and I yeah. like John
2: Favreau too. I'm a big fan of John Favreau, but man, that is just one, one that I can't deal with, that movie.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. Whenever I criticize the Disney remakes, it normally has nothing to do with the quality, has nothing to do with the talent or the directing. It's just that I do have a problem with shot for shot remakes. I, I like to have a, have a little bit of a, of, um, you know, uh, differences there. So, mm-hmm. man, well, rolling around to our number six, uh, we're going to be leading off here with a uh, Curry. So, uh, what's, what's your, uh, what's your choice for that slot?
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, remembering my mother again, this is her. <sighs> You know, it's between this and The Mummy as her all-time favorite movies. She watches these movies multiple times a year, uh, always has growing up to the point where we hated this one growing up. But (laughs) honestly, when I think about it, it's iconic. And I need to rewatch it. I watched part of it last year with her uh, because I can't even really tell you the full plot of the movie. But now, the I'm going to be really
0: disappointed if you don't say the mummy now. <laughs> so, <yeah.
1: laughs> it's, it's not the mummy is a Christmas movie, but no, that is a white Christmas, uh, white Christmas uh-huh. is just one of those magical uh, Christmas movies, man. And. And I was thinking, I was like, did it come out in the 40s? No, it came out in 54. So I wasn't sure if mm-hmm. it was in, in that uh, era that JB was talking about, but it's close enough. Uh, you know, just that, just the main song, right? The fact that from Holiday Inn, it got its own movie because it's so iconic, <laughs> right? You know, and I, I actually don't know if I've ever seen Holiday Inn the whole way through, but just, I love Bing Crosby too. Um, the, the film is funny. It's, it's heartwarming. It's beautifully shot. Uh, and again just that music i mean anytime i hear that song like there's a quintessential like secular christmas song it's going to be that one like mm-hmm. you know pe- people dream of a white christmas like what other thing can you imagine than you know as a kid waking up to snow on christmas i don't have a lot of like detailed analysis thoughts to say about it but it's just one of those magical christmas movies that is going to be iconic forever
2: oh yeah
0: I 100% agree with you.
2: Yep, man. Yeah. We'll talk about it again later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Same>. uh, <laughs> it will be coming around again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so since you mentioned the, it's funny that you mentioned the Lion King, um, uh, and John Favreau because my number six is John Favreau's 2003 hit Elf, which has already been mentioned. Um, nice. I, I, great movie, Mm -hmm. you know, people, and a lot of people will trash Will Ferrell and, and you know, they, they're just wrong. I get, and that's fine. People can be wrong. (laughs) Um, but man, I, I I love his comedy. He's just so, and, and, and I just, I grew up watching him on Saturday night live too. So there's a kind of a nostalgia factor going on there, but man, this movie just, just hits me every time I watch it. You know, I, you know, I watched it growing up. I uh, said growing up. I was like, so what, 17 when it came out? 2003? Yeah. So I was a junior in high school. But, I mean, it's just such a special movie. And I can't – that's one that I watch, if not every year, about every other year. Um, I always try to make an effort to watch it because – I love the the scene with him and Zoe Deschanel singing "Baby It's Cold Outside" while she's in the shower and he's just sitting out there like singing with her and she doesn't know that he's there. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's so great. Yeah. And then finally, he like sings really loud and she realizes he's there. It's just, ah, oh, I love it, love it. It's just iconic to me, and it just makes. And then, you know, Ed Asner playing Santa Claus is just funny in and of itself. And then you you got Bob Newhart as uh, Papa Elf, and then, you know, the, the late, great James Kahn, who just passed away earlier this year. Um, yeah,
1: that's right.
2: So, yeah, great cast, um, very funny movie, and it's just like finding your inner child when you watch it. It just makes me feel like I'm 12 years old again when I watch it.
1: I completely forgot that John Favreau directed that. Yep. Wild.
0: I had forgotten that too. And it was funny because I actually uh, had not seen uh, Elf when it came out. It was... Uh... It was uh, actually my next door neighbors at the time who uh, who introduced me to it that uh, me and my family were over for dinner in like a December. It was years ago. And they and their kids were like, let's watch Elf, let's watch Elf. And they were like, oh, have you ever seen it? And I was like, oh, no, whatever. And I thought, oh, man, it's going to be a kid's movie. I won't like it, whatever. But I, I ended up really enjoying it. It was it was a great movie, uh, you know, um, and uh, it's one that I, I definitely I need to revisit.
2: Oh, for sure. It's I go back and forth with what my favorite John Favreau movie is, and that's that's always one of them. You know that and Chef. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: Chef is a great
2: one. Too. And then, oh, of course, mm-hmm. the first Iron Man. I mean,
1: gosh. <laughs> that'd probably oh. be mine. But.
0: <laughs> man, that's true. Well, let's see. Coming in uh, for my number six uh, is going to be kind of a, a bit of a, a dark horse. Uh, it's one that I don't see on almost any Christmas list, which is kind of kind of weird. Uh, but it's going to be nineteen thirty four. Is the Thin Man? Uh, it's a uh, noir uh, murder mystery. Uh, um, it stars uh, William Powell, uh, Myrna Loy, Marino Sullivan. Uh, it even has some appearances by uh, such mainstays like Cesar Romero, Porter Hall. Um, just is a fantastic cast. Joker. Uh, yes. Uh huh. Exactly. Yeah. and he's <laughs> so.
1: In it. I love the thin man movies. I watched them with my dad all the time. I completely forgot the first ones at Christmas.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was the same. Cause like, yeah, my, my, mom, actually, my, <laughs> yeah, my, my mom was, you know, I uh, said like, Hey, let's watch through the thin man movies. Uh, Cause you know, I've seen them tons of times, but I was like, yeah, let's, let's start doing it. And you know, and it was a few days ago that I suddenly was like, wait, this is a Christmas movie. It's, it's, you know, there's tons of Christmas references, decorations. You see it all through the movie. Um, you know, and it's just you know, if anybody listening has not seen it, do yourself a favor and and start watching those movies. It's it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, So good, you know. Um, I would say you know William Powell and Myrna Loy as Nick and Nora is probably one of Hollywood's great on-screen couples. Um, Mm -hmm. just absolutely electric chemistry. Uh, you know. Um just absolutely incredible so so definitely check that out if you if you haven't seen it (laughs) and and that just warms my heart so much curry that 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 you love those movies
1: (laughs) Uh, that that was one that my dad he absolutely adores and i bought him like a dvd collection like a Mm -hmm. decade ago which is now out of print and goes through like insane prices wow there's individual blu-rays that are really expensive of those two so i'm really hoping I don't know if it would happen. I would love for Criterion Collection to release a oh, box set man. of them, remastered oh. in 4K, because I think my wife would really love them. She loves old movies. And mm-hmm. the writing and like the witty banter in those films, it's so fast. Mm-hmm. like It's almost hard to keep up with it. It's, it's like, so intelligently written. So, yes, I'm very angry I didn't remember that, but that is a great pick, Byron.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually um, – I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the other ones because I can't – um, I, I don't know. I, I usually find that they're streaming like right when they're about to go off, and I am <laughs> like, okay, I can't watch all five of these movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> all good, honestly. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I want to say I believe I believe they're all streaming right. I believe all of them except for the fourth one are streaming on HBO Max right now. I want to say, mm. um, and the second one is—I is, mean, they're all good, but the second one is actually really good and actually has a very young Jimmy Stewart in it too.
2: Oh, oh gosh, you that. sold me on that.
1: <laughs> there we go. We're gonna have to do another episode, guys. What is your new top ten Christmas?
2: <laughs> the encore. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about some Jimmy Stewart, man. Yeah, I love him too. Uh, I think God. we'll talk about him later, won't we? Yeah, uh, we, we will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we're gonna come around.
0: We're gonna come back around to him, definitely. Oh, yeah. uh, all right. Well, you know, um, moving on to who uh middle of the list here that we're at at number five. Uh what do you got for us, Curry?
1: You know, I think I'm going to keep this one short because somebody had to have it on their list mm-hmm. because <laughs> if you don't on an episode like this, are you even doing this right? And that is Die Hard. Oh,
0: I'm so ha- happy you have it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, you know, it just as a movie in and of itself, I mean, it's like a perfect action movie, right? Like it's as mm-hmm. it, close as you can get. Um, I don't, I may not have it at five stars. I'm not 100% sure, but I may bump it up because great villain, great setup uh great hero so quotable and so quotable in the sense and how it ties to christmas too in the setting and how they speak in the in like the plot and uh you know it's anyone who says it's not a christmas movie obviously is wrong yes they need to to rewatch it and see why people consider it because even over the credits i think they play like a really famous christmas song i can't remember which one um But Die Hard is phenomenal. It is a Christmas movie, and it is my number five for that reason. I almost put it at number one just out of spite, but I thought that might be, like, too much. (laughs) It's
2: not too much, I promise. Yeah.
0: It is, a, it is absolutely a Christmas movie yeah. and it is one of my favorites. This <laughs> is, you know, oh uh, that it's the joke, but it's, it's absolutely true. You know, it's not Christmas time till Hans has fallen off of Nakatomi Plaza.
2: <laughs> right and you know what I always say to people that say it's not a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, um, Die Hard is essentially home alone in an office building and with more <laughs> Christmas references than Home Alone. Absolutely. Yes, like it's actually the, true. It really is. Like mm-hmm. there, there are way more Christmas references in, in um uh, Die Hard than there are in Home Alone. Like, period. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah. If you anybody who says it's not hasn't seen it in a while probably because <laughs> I was one of those people until I rewatched it. I was like, Holy crap, this is a Christmas movie. Same. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so speaking of home alone in a Christmas, in an office building, <laughs> um, home alone is my number five. I, it's one that I watch every year. I have to, um, Chris Columbus speaks to my heart with those two movies. Plus Mrs. Doubtfire. um, in just one of it just reminds me of of when I was a kid and I was five years old when this movie came out and and yes I'm pretty sure I don't know if I, I don't know if I saw it in theaters but I'm pretty sure we rented it at the local video store for those of you who don't know we used to have those back in the day. I miss, I miss them so much. <laughs> oh, For real, right? I miss
0: that. Oh, oh
2: gosh, man, so much. Um, but yeah, and I remember, like, it, it's just all the traps that he does and defending his house, this eight year old kid, and me watching it, and I'm five, you know? And I just think it's so cool to see this kid just. Uh, being a being a hero like that for his family and for his house and and going up against the big bad Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, <laughs> bad guys, the Wet Bandits. Uh, it's just such a great movie. It's one that I always come back to.
0: That's uh, it's an excellent choice, and definitely I, I I will be coming back to that very soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think we
1: both will. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, oh, my! Uh, my number five uh, comes around to one we've actually already talked about a little bit, and that's 1954's White Christmas. Um, you know, it's 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 an iconic, classic Christmas film for a reason. Um, you know, uh, the the music, the acting, just the set pieces, everything about it is amazing. Um, you know, uh, I I can't remember when I was first introduced to it. I was very very young. Um, I didn't appreciate it as much when I was a little, cause I didn't really like musicals all that much. Um, but, uh, I've really just, just come to absolutely adore, you know, this, this movie just with its cast, you know, being Crosby, Danny Kaye, you know, they're just, they're so good. Um, and, uh, also I got, I got to throw a shout out to this movie and this is going to be probably one of the most niche, bizarre, uh, you know, film, uh, film call outs is that you know? It's one of those movies that has those um, those uh, um, soundstage sets that you always saw in the uh, like '40s and '50s movies, and and it normally was in musicals, and that was almost kind of like the palm tree beach with the water. And it was like you could totally tell it was a soundstage, stage, totally fake, that people were always dancing in front of. And there's one of those in White Christmas, as there is in almost every musical. And I just I just had to bring up that very bizarre <laughs> call out there.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you repented of your old ways and you like musicals now. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't like musicals? What? I did not like them growing up. I really,
0: really disliked them. And, and I don't know what it is, but like over the last five to six years or so, I've really come to enjoy them. It's like, you know, uh, white Christmas I always liked, but you know, but I, I kind of started watching them, you know, with like greatest Showman, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like a bunch of other ones. And I, and I, you know, um, my mom uh, last year introduced me to uh, South Pacific, which I just absolutely adored. Um, and uh, you know, so there's 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 a lot of great ones out there and I'm gonna be probably mm-hmm. watching this month La La Land, which I haven't seen yet.
2: Oh um, man and so the fifties was a golden age for mm-hmm. musicals though. Like It was all the iconic ones are from the fifties fifties mm-hmm. and sixties, oh, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Um that's when they just really started booming, but yeah. Speaking great pick, 50s, great pick.
1: One one set at Christmas time, this isn't on my list. Uh, it's it, well, Christmas happens in the movie, but I don't think it's a Christmas movie. But Brian, a recommendation: Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm. One of always my, heard
0: of it, and I have not seen that one yet. That's probably like
1: a top five musical for me. I love it so much; it's just hilarious. And if you have brothers or siblings, it will make you laugh even harder. Nice.
0: Oh, I will definitely check that one out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at number four. Uh, since I can't cheat and put this with other shorts because I didn't think of that because <laughs> JB's a genius. Uh, it's yeah, We've already talked about it a little bit, but that's uh, Charlie Brown Christmas.
2: Um,
1: of all the Charlie Brown specials, this one has always been my favorite. And my wife has actually never seen them. So we've been watching them on the holidays this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watched, you know, Great Pumpkin. We watched the Thanksgiving one. And, like, she, what she keeps saying is that she's like, they're good. They're cute but they're missing like the the hit you in the heart moment that i thought they were going to have and i'm like oh you just wait till we watch just this tournament. wait yeah yeah this one it's it's just so good you know it's iconic with the tree and everything but one of the things i appreciate about it appreciate about it most is what a direct um proclamation of the gospel that it has mm-hmm. um, and uh, talking about the birth of jesus and for that to be in a mainstream uh, animation, even at, even back then, I think it's just incredible and in how relevant it is still in today's culture. Um, I just, I really appreciate that. I remember that moving me as a child and it moves me even more as an adult with that, with the understanding I have now. And, uh, it's just fantastic and easily the best of the holiday specials with Charlie Brown, in my opinion. Um, and it's, it's one, that is one I could probably, and I think I probably have rewatched most years, except for the last couple notwithstanding, um, but yeah, Charlie Brown Christmas is incredible.
2: Yeah, the 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 great thing about these, you know, Twenty-five minute shorts is they're really easy to rewatch. Yes, they are. I mean, if you if you want to watch them every year, it's not that hard.
1: (laughs) You You make it easy when you need to get a login for Letterboxd or something.
2: (laughs) Oh, exactly for sure. I mean, yeah. Instead of watching that extra episode of Stranger Things, watch uh, (laughs) Charlie Brown's Christmas. Or watch forty-eight
1: shorts that uh, somebody tells you about in a group. That was you, JB. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that short film collection or whatever.
2: Oh yeah, that was great. I logged all of them. <laughs> it's like an hour and a half worth of shorts, <laughs> and great. and a lot of them were one and two minutes long.
1: <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to be able to finish this challenge unless I do this, so I made myself watch it.
0: <laughs> nice. Absolutely love how you were men- how how you put together Charlie Brown Christmas and Stranger Things. I'm <laughs> laughing to myself. it's just great. <laughs>
2: That was great. <laughs> uh, yeah I, that's actually a long show i probably should have said something like you know home improvement or something
1: an episode of stranger things now you could watch like 15 charlie Browns.
2: that's true you could watch every charlie brown special in less time than one episode of stranger things that's wild uh anyway um i guess it's my turn to go with my number four And it's already been mentioned once, but I'm going to say it again. Iron Man 3 is up there. Like, I just, and you know, I... um, It's so good. It's so so dang good, man. And, And I've actually, I've seen it probably more times than any other... MCU movie because I want to watch it at Christmas and I don't, I don't need any kind of context for it. Like I don't have to watch the first two. I can just throw it on because it's a Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody says it is. um I mean, I'll, I'll say that the first one is always going to be my favorite, but this is just such a really, there's a lot of themes in this movie that actually connect with Christmas time you know, he's having a um, he's got PTSD and it's like, he's dealing with a lot of internal issues and you know, a lot of, a lot of us do at Christmas time, you know, a lot, a lot of people have, you know, they might've lost loved ones around Christmas time and, and it's sadness for a lot of people and, and we need to be with family. Um, to get us back into reality and him coming to terms with, um, with his family, with, with Pepper and having to, um, you know, be there. Uh, Anyway, if you haven't seen this movie, I don't want to sit here and spoil the movie, even though you, if you haven't seen it, then where have you been? This is like (laughs) MCU uh, it, This is just MCU's world And we're all living in it at this point um, So yeah two things,
1: on, two things on that One, it's wild to me that this movie Will be 10 years old next year
2: Oh man uh-huh. so,
1: And secondly, why did they not Release this in December I know it made a ton of money in May or whenever it was But like, I think it would have been a great Obviously, December Like, release And made even more money, but anyway you know,
0: honestly i wondered that as well because i think like you know especially with like the legs that december movies have like i feel like it probably would have made even more money than it did uh, uh you yeah. know because it would have been fantastic and I, I you know i i did not like iron man 3 when it first came out i've warmed to it a lot over the years um you know um and i actually do enjoy it and i feel like also too i i i kind of retroactively like it a lot more now that um song chi has released
1: yeah Um, you know it
0: kind of in my opinion i think it kind of makes makes iron man 3 a better a better movie uh you know kind of just expanding that whole world you know the mandarin and everything but uh um but yeah i i like iron man 3 and also too i will say too that the trailer for iron man 3 is pretty probably the MCU's best trailer and one of comic book movies best trailers it is so good if any of you have not seen that trailer go see that trailer it's
1: incredible I'm sure i have it's just been forever
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 amazing oh man um all right so my uh my fourth uh one here uh is one that we've already talked about and that is uh, home alone um, you know, the, uh, yeah. the first one, uh, you know, there's not a lot I can say that hasn't already been said about it. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a classic, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, the cast is amazing. The humor is amazing. Uh, you know, it's just, it, and it's one of those movies that honestly really shouldn't work, you know, because when you try like, if you try and explain it to somebody who's, who has never seen it, it sounds like a horror movie. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know it's, just, but just everything about it, you know, uh, you know, John Candy's cameo, just everything is so good, um, you know, in that movie. So yeah, that, that's really all I can say is just, you know, it's number four for a reason. And it's just, uh, it's really, really good.
1: So headed to, obviously I agree with everything you said, headed to uh, number, number three for me, kind of be a little controversial here, guys. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna go with Home Sweet Home Alone. I'm just kidding. Totally <laughs> <cool>. <laughs>
0: I, I was gonna disconnect you right now.
1: No, <laughs> so, no I just had to get a rise out of y'all because obviously it's the original Home Alone. is my number three. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I just had to change it up a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, what, what can I say that hasn't already been said? You know, it's it's iconic. The musical score, John Williams did the music, right? Yes,
2: little John Williams. Okay, I John Williams. Good. Yep.
1: How can it not be John Williams? I mean, it's <laughs> right. Strange. You know, it's funny. Sometimes when I hear the home Alone theme and the Jurassic park theme, I sometimes as a kid would get them confused. Cause some of the riffs are similar. It's just the signature of John Williams and his stuff. Like occasionally when I'm watching Superman, I hear other like a little bit of Indiana Jones in there. It's like, I just, I love how John Williams footprint is like all over his stuff. But anyway, the music, the, the quotes, the the stunts, the premise, it's great for kids to watch and be entertained and feel like they can relate. It's a nightmare for parents to relate to, but it's also still, it absorbs them in. And I think, too, just how quotable it is. It gives us one of the best Christmas quotes and Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> what what more can be said, you know? So yeah, Home Alone is my number three, for sure. And I, I'm actually very excited to rewatch it because it's been a long time.
0: Yeah. Yes, it, 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 is, it is true. And it's one of those ones, too, just like, you know, one thing I love about it as well is that it it, it really personifies so much of the '90s. You know, uh, yes. you know, oh, just absolutely it's drenched uh, in the '90s, and that's and I love it.
2: Right, but I mean, it's it's written by John Hughes, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, made, it makes me scared to use aftershave to this day. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Oh, but yeah, I mean, with the music of John Williams and the writing of John Hughes, you've got like the quintessential, like um, perfect Christmas movie. Like, and, and yeah. I love you mentioned about the one, one liners, man. And I've always just had this, I don't know, kind of weird fondness for anything that John Hughes has ever touched. Um, you know, we talked about it on the Thanksgiving show, you know, planes, trains and automobiles is absolutely my favorite Thanksgiving movie. Um, you know, going back to breakfast club, 16 candles, um, that's the stuff that I grew up on, man. And so anything that he puts his fingers on is always going to be something that just speaks to my heart of hearts. And this is no different from anything else. I mean, his fingerprints are all over this, just like John Williams's are, um, that's just nice. Good points. Uh, I'm gonna stop talking about it because I've already mentioned it. It was my number five. So <laughs> let's uh let's let's move on to my number three, which has also already been mentioned. Um, and that is 1954's Michael Curtis uh White Christmas. Mm-hmm. And for oh, the same reasons that were mentioned earlier, Bing Crosby singing that song is Quintessential Christmas moment to me, like as far as just you can't turn that on and not get goosebumps. You know what I mean? Um, it's just it's a perfect movie, and I don't say that about very many movies. That is a perfect movie. Um, it's a as far as musicals go, like and I love 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 musicals. Um, it's it's easily in my top five on musicals as well. Um, yep. Yep. To have a Christmas movie up there like that is a, a pretty big deal. Um, you know, Danny Kay, Rosemary Clooney. I mean, the, the, the all the music in it, the snow, snow, <laughs> like <I> just even, <laughs> even silly ones like that. are mm-hmm. just like, ah, just love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's so many great songs, so many. And the, the story of what's going on in that film or they're doing this for their um the captain of
1: mm-hmm. their, of their yes. regiment.
2: Yeah. Um, Man, it's just a feel good kind of a thing. And I, every, every year I watch it and, and it's also, if you're not a big fan of musicals, it's something that could get you turned on to musicals because it's, it's a musical about musicals, right? Like it's like, um, it's about musicians and they're, they're, they're performing these songs. So it's not like, you know, a typical musical where they'll just break out in a song randomly. No, like it's part of the, part of the movie is they're breaking out in the song, right? Like it's, um, I don't know. I think it's easier for people to get, get used to it. Obviously from what Byron said earlier, that was his,
0: that's actually a really good point, though, that you made that that uh, that sometimes, you know, you see with musicals, they, um, you know, they sacrifice the plot or the narrative, you know, for the numbers and, you know, White Christmas and, you know, White Christmas is very much very plot driven, you know, um, and mm-hmm. the music, though, fits perfectly into that plot. And so I think that's part of the reason, honestly, why why it, it has lasted so long is because it's just as good of a story as it is a musical. <laughs>
2: For sure yep all right well
0: going into my my top three here uh is uh, um and uh, you know as a preface i do want to say that my top three are all almost interchangeable i i love them all so much um so but coming in at, at number three is going to be the you know the the christmas movie of all christmas movies and that's it's a wonderful wonderful life um By uh, Frank Capra from 1946. Um, Mm, You know, uh, yeah, I I don't think you can get any more iconic as a Christmas movie than this. Uh, You know, um, you know the the cast is amazing, Uh, the story is amazing. It it was pretty much one of the first quintessential angel comes down at Christmas time and helps people. um, You know, uh, you know there may have been once some some of those before. I don't know, but this is the first one that I know of of that. you know uh you got you know jimmy stewart just being you know the most jimmy stewart that he's ever been <laughs> you know, and,
1: and i say that
0: <laughs> yeah. and I, and I say that in the best way possible yes um you know uh you know so and i think cool. oh it's it just it it speaks to everybody so much because you know he's the every man you know mm-hmm. he's not he's not a superhero he's not you know you know, he doesn't get to go off to war with everybody else. You know, he gets left behind, you know, uh, just at some point in everyone's life, I think we all feel like, you know, like George Bailey at some point, mm. um, you know, and, uh, you know, it has a magnificent supporting cast, uh, you know, it is incredible. You know, Donna Reed, I think was my first celebrity crush, I think, um, oh, uh, yeah. you know, And kind of a funny thing I can say is that, you know, growing up, my parents were very strict with what I, what I watched. And so, um, you know, they pretty much only kind of let me watch like golden age of Hollywood type stuff, like black and whites. And so I watched like everything that I could get my hands on from blockbuster and Hollywood video. And so I always joke that all of my celebrity crushes, uh, were normally mostly all dead. <laughs> you know, so, um, Grace <laughs> Kelly. Oh, oh my gosh. Grace <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, Taylor.
1: One of my old yeah. crushes. She was oh. one of mine from like old movies. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it, it's true. So, yeah, you know, um, you know, I, I, I assume we're probably going to be coming back to it's uh, to, a to wonderful life. So I don't want to go on for too long about it because <laughs> I, I have a feeling you guys will have some thoughts as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it doesn't get much better than this movie.
1: Well, speaking of <laughs> at number two, and you know what? I felt bad. I was like, I'm going to get so much crap for putting this at number two. But Byron put it at number three. So, as usual, Byron gets more grief from people than I do. So, (laughs) because Byron, you're never controversial at all, right?
0: Not at all. I don't know why people say that.
1: (laughs) If there is a surprise Zack Snyder movie at number one on your list, I'm going to be okay with it. (laughs) Because I also love Zack Snyder. But, anyways, It's a Wonderful Life is my number two. You know, when I was a kid, this was one I saw several times, bunches of times. And I remember always thinking, like, it's a little slow, it's a little boring. But then the end is magnificent, right? Like when he goes back uh, or goes to the alternate reality or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And like just held it in esteem for so long, just because you should, right? If you don't, you should like, what's wrong with you. But then I was either in college, I think it was in film school. We actually rewatched this like in class. And I was like, man, I'm so excited. A lot of these kids haven't seen it in the first half of the movie. I didn't remember like all the buildup with the great depression everything he goes through, everything that leads him to that moment on the bridge. And I just remember the, like, the thematic weight of this and the contemplation of suicide and the themes that it deals with
2: mm-hmm.
1: were so, not that they weren't in, explored in film at the time, but they, it was a lot more taboo, I feel like, from everything I've read. And the fact that it had the bravery to do so and to do so with a very strong emphasis on Christian messaging in film at the time is, was just so moving to me. And for the first time I probably ever, I was just like weeping at the end. And like, what a beautiful yeah. redemption story. What a beautiful focus on family and like the important things in life and what to give God glory for. And I just, I could gush about it forever. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling somebody else wants to talk about it too. <laughs> uh, it is 100%. Like it probably should be my number one. Um, and what I'm going to put ahead of it. You guys might give me crap for, but oh, it's a wonderful life is just wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what's kind of interesting, too, is that one thing that I, uh, that, uh, That a lot of people uh, don't mention, and and I didn't really even notice it until you know, like years and years later, you know, because this was obviously produced during the Hays Code, you know, where um, you know, where there was very strict rules for what you could and couldn't show. And one thing that I always found very interesting, and I'm not one hundred percent sure how Frank Capra got away with it, was that you know, um, kind of like the Hays Code kind of had this rule of that you know the villain had to get his comeuppance; he had to somehow, you know, um, like they couldn't get away with their crime normally. You didn't see that very much with the Hayes code right and and you know potter gets away with it basically <laughs> you know he, he steals the money he's a complete villain throughout the movie and he he you know he gets away with his crimes for the most part you know um you know at the end and uh you know and i really really liked how frank capra had that almost because you know you know even though we got this kind of fairy tale ending a little bit it was kind of like well hey you know what sometimes you know the bad people in our lives you know most oftentimes they get away with with the stuff they do you know um mm-hmm. in life and uh you know i really i i i thought that was very bold of him to have that back you know at that point you know in film um because you didn't see that very often
2: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yep um yeah i'm not gonna talk about that one yet <laughs> I knew it. uh yeah so my number two it's already been mentioned, and, and I, I'm really, really sad that Curry didn't have this one higher than he did, um, but I, I no list is complete without Die Hard. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> not, high, right? Dude, this film is so stinking good, man, like, and... You know, I watch it now as a dad and I watch this one that I watch every year, every Christmas. And and I keep saying one of these years I'm going to watch all five of them, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, but I never get around to doing it, which I've seen the second and third they, they one. They made I, a fifth one? Yeah. I have, yeah we, really? don't, we don't talk about the fifth one. <laughs> I've, I've heard it was terrible, but I yes, actually wait, I own it is,
1: The stunts huh? in it are really good. It is worth it for the stunt work. I will yeah. say that.
0: I, okay. It It is a fantastic action movie. It is a terrible Die Hard movie.
1: If that okay. makes any sense, like that makes sense. The fourth one is amazing, by the
2: way. Oh yeah, I love the fourth one. I, <laughs> I, I really like the fourth one that came out. I saw that one in theaters actually, um, but I never did see the fifth one yet. Um, and then every year I keep saying I'm gonna watch all five of them so I can finally watch the fifth one. And it, something always happens, and I end up just watching the first one like I always do because it's the it's, it's a perfect movie. Why would I want to mess it up? Uh, but but two and three are are both good though um and four as well but i mean dude what can i say about this film that hasn't already been said like it's a man just coming home to see his wife who who left him moved on the entire um other side of the country from new york to la and changed her name and he just wants to you know see her for christmas and she's kind of moved on with her life and you know what's he do what does a man do when he's faced with uh, um, his estranged wife, who doesn't want to um, be married to him anymore, you know what? He still fights for her, and as a matter of fact, he he fights like legit villains for her in this movie, <laughs> like, like not not just metaphorically, like he is legitimately fighting for her, uh, and not just her, but you know everybody in that office building, and it's just like one man with no shoes on (laughs) takes on this entire uh, group of like super villains. And it's just perfect manly man movie. And of course I'm going to bring up a manly movie, Uh, (laughs) but it just speaks to me as a, as a husband, as a father, and that John McClane is, is always to me going to be one of the quintessential male, uh, figures for me to watch in movies and be like, man, that's a dude right there. Like that's hundred oh, <laughs> percent. That's, that's the guy I want to be when I grow up <laughs> one of these days and I still haven't grown up yet, by the way. So like, <laughs>
0: Oh. It, it it is true it, it is such a good movie it, it and and it's one of those ones you know it's such a good like you said it's a good movie about manhood it's a great action movie it's a great christmas movie it just you know the acting is great just every every everyone steals the show in that you know uh alan rickman is one of cinema's great villains you know um oh yeah you know, just like oh, he's uh, just so good. You know,
1: <laughs> I love him so much. I'm oh, you know,
0: I and I, I, I love you know just his lines about like his suits. You know, and it's like just oh, it, 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 it doesn't get any better than than that movie. Um, you know, I've been debating this year what I want to watch on on Christmas Eve. Uh, you know, and it's like you know, I, I, I probably am going to end up watching Die Hard. You know, this <laughs> is <just>, oh. <laughs> Nice man, And you also so,
2: got um, the guy who apparently was a police officer in Chicago, New York, and LA at different uh, times, uh, Reginald Bell Johnson, uh, uh, because, you know, he was a cop in family matters in Chicago and he was a cop in Ghostbusters in New York. So oh, that's true. Kind of interesting. He's, <laughs> he's a lifelong police officer that just mm-hmm. travels from big city to big city wherever there, there are fires to be put out. Um, Reginald L. Johnson is the guy to do it. So uh-huh. You
1: didn't know that <laughs> Die Hard is actually a prequel to Family Matters? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it actually kind of works.
0: It actually really does kind of work.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Yep.
0: That's oh, great. man. All right. Well, rolling in for my, my number two uh, is um, – uh, one that, uh, you know, kind of like it vanished for a long time. Uh, and then it's kind of been recently coming back around. I want to say over the last 10 years, people have been kind of rediscovering it. Uh, and it's from, uh, 1947 and it's called uh, it happened on fifth Avenue. Uh, Great it is, oh, it's so good. It just like, it, it is, it is probably one of the most heartfelt, uh Christmas movies that I've ever seen, like besides It's a Wonderful Life. Like it has it is just bursting with with cheer and heart. Um it is so good. Uh um you know it's it's a difficult movie to explain. It's, it's basically about these like two homeless guys um during, you know, like post-World War II. Um You know new york who basically go and and uh, are squatting in a mansion of like the second richest man in the world and then like his daughter comes home and is like living with them and then the 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 rich guy decides to come and live with them too It, it when you describe it it does not make sense at all it's just one of those movies you have to put on and you have to watch it um but it is, it is, it is so good. Uh, and what's kind of interesting too, is that, you know, really the, the cast, uh, of the film is kind of mostly people who are not really super well known, uh, you know, Victor Moore, uh, Don DeFore, uh, you know, Charles Ruggles, you know, um, they're all people who you've seen, you know, in, in other films from the golden age, uh, but most of the times they were in supporting roles uh you know um and so it was kind of interesting seeing them you know at the forefront but uh you know but if you're looking for you know a christmas movie that's just going to put a smile on your face and is just going to going to restore your faith in humanity you know check out it happened on 5th avenue
1: nice yeah this I'm, is
2: actually it's around. actually one of the it's actually one of the best Frank Capra movies that Frank Capra didn't actually make. <laughs> I would
0: agree a hundred percent with that.
2: <laughs> Honestly, it really does. It, it feels like a Capra movie and it, it's just because of the, the, um, the optimism in it and the, the family dynamic and, and the um, just the overall Americana in the film. It, it very much feels like a Frank Capra movie, but it's not. <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: I I would actually say it it is a spiritual sequel to uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Like I would say, you know, um, you know, and it it fits, you know, when we when we talk about spiritual sequels, you know, with films, I it happened on Fifth Avenue definitely fits that category. (laughs) For sure.
2: Mm -hmm. Kari, did you say you haven't seen that one? I have not seen that one. Oh, I think it's on
0: uh it HBO Max. I think, um, and definitely it, it's great. And it's it's one of those ones you can watch there with the whole family. You know, like uh, you know, kids, everybody.
1: There was a there was a time in my life when I was probably like between nine and like thirteen, fourteen years old. My dad loved watching TCM during classic movies, mm-hmm. and I watched movies with yep. him on there all the times. So at first, it almost made me feel like. He was making me, and then it became like I would just do it with him. And we watched so many movies I don't remember the names of. So sometimes people describe movies, and I'm like, I think I've seen that, but I don't know. That kind of conflates them all in my head for me. That could be one of them. I'm not sure. When you were describing it, I was like, wait a second, I don't know. So I don't feel like I can count it. But uh, we are at the big old number one, aren't we?
0: We are. Mm-hmm. All we right reached though. the top of the, of the Christmas mountain.
1: <laughs> um, actually surprisingly, this one has been mentioned, um, mm-hmm. but I can always count on Byron to know uh, my taste because we have very similar tastes and things uh-huh. most of the time. And uh, that is <laughs> jingle all the way. Ah,
0: yes, yes. (laughs)
1: Dude, I, J.B. knows this, I am a huge Schwarzenegger guy, like, love Schwarzenegger, Stallone equally, maybe Stallone a little bit more, I could go either way, depends on the day, but, Schwarzenegger did a hilarious slapstick comedy of a Christmas film that is also basically an action movie as a Christmas film, but is also, and this this is where the film doesn't get as much credit as it should, it is a wonderful satire of the Christmas season and the commercialization of Christmas and how it makes people lose focus of what the season is truly about. And a lot of people don't think about mm. that, but it's also a spoof of Power Rangers and how those big children's shows and and the cry for toys and, you know, turbo man and all that. So like, if you, this is one of those movies, nobody loves about home boomer, home <laughs> nobody loves Boomer, yeah. nobody, <laughs> nobody loves alpha. <laughs> but like, it, it, just like home alone, sometimes even more so than home alone. I feel like this movie is so quintessential nineties. It, it captures so much about what kids were into in the, into the nineties, how films were in the nineties. How Black Friday shopping and uh, you know just the shopping at Christmas, how it started to get so corporate, where people would trample each other. Like that happens in this movie, and it's played for laughs. And then like Arnold Schwarzenegger almost assaults a little kid trying to get that. <laughs> well, he basically does assault a little kid, which that never bothered me until I became a dad and uh-huh. I would touch my kid, I would beat his tail with my wife's purse too. Yeah, but uh, you know and also we we've talked about this a bunch tonight, but how when films are quotable and just like that, those memorable lines of dialogue, I can quote this movie like all day and night. And one of my favorite ones is uh, when he says, he got to. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. And like when he's uh, recounting all the, uh, all the reindeer and he's like Donna Blitzen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just like his, in his chemistry, like his comedic chemistry with Sinbad on screen. There's, there's a great cast. I mean, this one, of Jake Lloyd's only other roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Rita Wilson plays his wife. Um, it's one of the earliest movies that I can think of that has a post-credit scene, um, which I think is one of the best post-credit scenes out there. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, if you haven't seen the post-credit scene, you should definitely watch it on YouTube. Um, it, there's just so much going for it. It's got really well-directed action sequences, which is so strange to say for a Christmas film. Uh, but Arnold Schwarzenegger was at the top of his game here. Uh, I could literally rave about it um, uh, all day and night. Um, so I will just end with a quote because I love doing an Arnold voice, and that will be <laughs> "Put that cookie down." <laughs> oh, I,
0: I'm so I'm so glad that you you included that as as your first because it is such it is such it a so good much. movie. Oh. I love it. You know, it just, you know, like you said, it it did so much first, you know, that we see so commonly, you know, in Christmas movies now, but it, it did it first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the satire of everything, just like, you know, this, I love how the movie is one long fetch quest, basically, yeah. um, you know, it's like, you know, and you know, he has to go, you know, to the, like, you know, the, the underground, like mafia Santas, you know, like,
1: and then he know. gets in a fight with a reindeer and drinks a beer with him after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh
0: it just right. it, 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 it it i i just i love it. it dials the ridiculousness up to like 15 and it's just all and and it's all the better for it in every way
1: also that core that and jb i don't i don't know if you've seen it um i'm sure you have but it's got that core like father son relationship with them which i'm kind of a sucker for especially now um yeah. and it really has something to say about that and like absent fathers and like that whole commercialization putting your job first there's a lot of worthwhile themes in jingle all the way that don't get the credit they deserve, mm-hmm. so I will advocate for this movie till the end of time.
2: Well, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna let y'all have that movie. <laughs> 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 I, like, I, I, don't kick me off the show. Um, oh, I just saw your letterbox <laughs> score. Boo! I, I. Here's the thing. Uh, you guys are making some points that makes me want to watch it again. But I had not watched it since I was a kid, and I remember really, really loving it and thinking it was one of the greatest Christmas movies ever. And then last year, I watched it for the first time in probably 20-something years, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. (laughs) Um, It just did not... I I remember watching it and thinking, I wish I would have left that in my childhood. (laughs) Left that that good memory that I had of that movie in my childhood. Um, But... Now that I listen to you guys, you know, falling all over it, I'm gonna have to give it another shot. Uh, Even if it's not
1: your five star masterpiece that it is for me, you know, I, I do yeah. think maybe you could uh, take another look. Otherwise, yeah. you can just be in your wrong and be wrong about it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> be
1: in your wrongness and be wrong.
0: Yeah, it is kind of interesting looking at like the letterbox scores for like you know, uh, you know, uh, my friends and like a lot of our mutual friends it's mm-hmm. very interesting seeing like most people are scoring it either like four and five stars or two stars. It's very interesting. So yeah. It's like, seems like it, it's very much a pendulum with people. So that, that's very interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well um, I guess it's no secret what my number one is. Um, <laughs> I think most people who know anything about me and, and, my opinions on films is um, this movie is always near and dear to my heart. It's not only my favorite Christmas movie, it is my all time number one favorite movie ever made. It's a wonderful life. Um, and, and a lot of it has to do with Capra. I just, I love his writing and his directing. And I, just when I sit down and watch a movie, I don't want to sit and watch something that's going to depress the crap out of me, like a, I don't know, uh, a Terrence Malick movie or something <laughs>
0: like. Um, where James Hamrick sat up in bed, yeah. you know,
2: <laughs> yeah. somewhere he's like, dude, Hamrick, I, I can't, I can't with Hamrick, man. Everything <laughs> he wants to watch is like, why? It's just, ugh. <laughs>
1: I, he, I, hey, give him some credit. He's in that pretentious film school like stage where you know it's it's uh, it's Terrence Malick or, or bust.
0: He's in he's in the cage stage right now.
2: <laughs> the cage stage. The movie. cage stage. stage. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. I love it. Yeah. Now I, I I never thought of a film school cage stage, but that definitely fits. Fits it's uh, definitely a thing too. <laughs> totally. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I can't say anything about this film that hasn't already been said, but like, it's just, there's so much it. I love. As I was saying earlier, when I sit down, especially Christmas time, I want to watch something that's going to uplift me and something that's going to have some heavy family themes and friendship themes. And like, I, I just... I love optimism in movies. You know, if I wanted to watch something depressing, I would just turn it on the freaking news. Right. So <sighs> this movie, it just speaks to it. Like you said, George Bailey is the every man. He is the guy who had a, who had a bad ear. So he had to stay home. He couldn't join the military. Even when they had the draft, he was, he he was whatever it's called four F. <laughs> Um, he had to stay home and, and fight the fight, fight the battle of Bedford falls that they said. And his brother went off to be a war hero. Uh, his friends went off or his brother and his brother and his friends went went off to be a football star in college. He didn't get to go to college because he had to stay home and take care of his dad's business and everything he wanted to do in life. He wanted to build things. He wanted to do something important and not be cooped up in this shabby little office. (sighs) to for him to want something more than what he has, something different than what he has. And that's, I think everybody goes through that in life and, and think that they might be a failure because they don't have this, that, and the other, but you know, what he has done in his life, the reason he can't hear out of one of his ears, because he saved his brother's life when he was 12 years old. And, the reason that he couldn't go off to college or go off to um, to Europe like he wanted to do is because his dad died and he had to take care of his business. Like he, Everything he did was for other people. He never thought of himself at all, even though he was always saying, I want to do this, I want to do that. But when push came to shove, when he had to make a decision, he was always doing something for someone else. And man... We, the world needs more George Bailey's. <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. And in that scene where they start bringing the money at the end and like everybody comes in, starts pitching in. And when the maid says, I was saving this for a divorce. When if ever I got a husband, <laughs> <laughs> I was just, it's so perfect. Um, and, and, and it's all capped off with, you know, his brother, Raising a toast to my big brother George, the richest man in town. Mm. I seriously, like, completely belligerently ugly cry when when that happens <laughs> every single year, and I watch it every year. Sometimes twice. I it, I, I, I lose my crap when I watch the movie. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it.
0: You know, it, I I love your uh, I love your your case for it. You know, because it's it. it you're absolutely
1: right about everything
0: you know um there there is a reason that it is the number one christmas movie you know like of all time you know and it's it earns it earns that ranking honestly uh i think um is is absolutely spectacular <laughs> and yeah well coming around to my my number one here uh you know uh this is one that uh um i don't believe has been mentioned yet um, and, uh, uh, it is my number one, uh, Christmas film, uh, and that is, uh, 1945's Christmas in Connecticut.
1: Um, I was wondering if somebody would mention that one.
0: Oh yeah. I, I love this movie. Honestly, I had I had never heard of it, uh, before. Um, I was probably about, man, I can't remember how old I was, um, that I randomly stumbled upon it in Hollywood video, uh, an old VHS copy of it. And, um, and it was, you know, Christmas time. So, you know, uh, my parents and I, we picked it up and just like, I fell in love with it. Uh, you know, it stars, you know, uh, Barbara Stanwyck, Dennis Morgan, uh, Sidney Greenstreet in a very rare non-villainous role. Um, you know, um, you know, a lot of people who watch noirs will always recognize him. You know, he, he starred alongside Humphrey Bogart, you know, as the villain in, in, uh, quite a few movies, um. But, uh, you know, the basic storyline of it is, you know, Barbara Stanwyck is this like uh, writer for a magazine, you know, where she writes like uh, recipes and like this, you know, this idyllic life in the country she has. But the secret she has is that she doesn't actually have that life, <laughs> that she's like living in an apartment. And then she ends up through a series of mishaps, having to host a wounded soldier from World War II at her house uh, in the country. And her editor and everything ends up like, they have to put together this plan because she doesn't want to be fired. And so she has to create this whole like fake life, basically, uh, you know, to uh, uh, for the soldier and her editor and everything. And of course there's like a romance plot and everything. And it's just, it's such a great, it's such a great movie. Um, Has a fantastic cast. Um, You know, the humor, it has slapstick humor. It has witty banter. Um, You know, it has kind of that, uh, that um, 1940s, you know, like Christmas feel that you saw in like holiday Inn and everything like that, that just, um, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. So if any of you have not seen Christmas in Connecticut, uh, check it out. I want to say, I think it's streaming on HBO max right now. And uh, it's just, it's just a, it's a pleasure to watch at Christmas time.
1: Cool deal, man. I, I mm-hmm. think I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those ones. I think I watched with my dad, mm-hmm. but I'd like, I couldn't tell you any details, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's one of those ones, like I, I, I think it was on pretty, it's normally on a pretty heavy rotation of Turner movie classics, uh, you know, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's so good. Um, absolutely. You know, but man, well, you know, we have reached the end of our, our top 10 list. Uh, you know, we've had a few overlapping films. We've had some that, uh, that, on lists that, um, you know, the others haven't had. And I also want to congratulate, uh, you know, all three of us on, uh, being marked safe from love, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, um, I actually am not, uh, you know, uh, it's not a movie that I dislike, um, but it's also one that I don't quite understand, you know, being at the top of everybody's lists. Um, you know, so uh, so actually I'm kind of happy to, <laughs> to have gotten through a list where actually we did not mention that movie once. <laughs>
1: um, well,
2: it's it's one that I've, I've always wanted to watch and I, I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to doing Same. it because I really love Richard Curtis's um, mm-hmm. about time. Mm, oh, I actually a I actually did a, a mainly mm-hmm. movies episode on that because mm-hmm. I mean it's just oh that movie's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um so I've always wanted to watch Love actually thinking he, he maybe he captures some kind of magic in it like mm-hmm. like that other movie that that I liked of his. So we'll see. You uh, know,
0: I mean I, I would say it's definitely it's worth watching. You know, like I said, I don't dislike it. Um, you know, it's just not up, you know, as high up on on lists as like the other movies. But you know, if, if you enjoy kind of the classic Hollywood star-driven vehicle, it's oh man, I mean, it's just packed full of of, of stars. You know, um, it, it is definitely it is definitely good. Um, you know, it's definitely I would say it's not like a not really a family-friendly movie. Um, hmm. You know, it's not really something you can you know watch with like the whole family because there is definitely some some uh, some scenes in it. But uh, but it's worth watching. So I I think you'll probably enjoy it. Um, you know. De- definitely worth seeing at least once to see how you feel about it. <laughs> All right. So we are at that time folks now for uh, our, each of our picks for what we feel is the worst Christmas movie. Um, you know, um, and this is a movie that doesn't have to be worst in the sense of, of filmmaking. It can just be one that you dislike for some reason. And, um, you know, so uh, why don't we get started with you, JB? Uh, what, what is the movie that you hate the most at Christmas time?
2: I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say what y'all, what we talked about earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that because it's not, it's not definitely not the worst. Um, and I understand why people really like it. Um, I, I could say the Santa Claus Three, but it's been a long time since I've watched it, so um, I just remember it being pretty bad um same with um Christmas with the Cranks I, I remember not liking yeah. it either mm-hmm. but I I did read the John Grisham uh book the original that that was based off skipping Christmas and I really liked it but yeah I just remember that movie being kind of dumb um I'd like to say a Christmas story just because it's overrated <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um but I'm I'm coming to the, the one that I have that, that, that I have to mention that I just want to be controversial on this because <laughs> I know how much people love this movie and they consider it one of their, you know, offbeat Christmas movies that p- p- pretentious people a lot of times will probably say this is a good one. Or I'd say maybe people that, you know, don't get caught up in the traditional Christmas movies and want to be different. Uh, but dude i've never understood why people like Krampus so much like <laughs> i've never seen it i't I
1: seen it either. because i, I like oh, the, i like the director a lot um i like what he did with godzilla but I, yeah i christmas and horror are yeah i don't know
2: you know yeah it, that's that's the big thing christmas and horror just don't mix for me and this movie i don't know it just it just kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm not, I, 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 first of all, I don't really like cult kind of movies. And I'm not talking about like, like, like a cult classic for anything. I'm talking about like legit movies that are like about pagan cultic <laughs> practices and stuff.
1: No.
2: And I just, I, I don't know. I just can't do, I don't like the Wicker Man and stuff like that. And Midsummer. I just, it's, I don't, I I can't deal with it. It just, it makes my stomach churn and it hurts to watch it. Um, And this is just one of those. It's kind of like that. And I'm just, it it ain't for me. And I don't understand why so so many people like it.
1: I remember there being a snowman movie where the snowman kills people. (laughs) Yes. I think it came out in the nineties. I don't remember
2: what it's called. I need I to rewatch is- that, but I, I know what you are talking about.
1: I, I haven't ever I seen it, I remember, yeah. I remember seeing the like the VHS at Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, like you mentioned, Byron. I remember seeing it those places quite a bit, and I always wanted to watch it, but I am like, I was too scared.
0: <laughs> it is uh, Jack Frost from nineteen ninety seven. <laughs>
1: okay, it is Jack Frost. <laughs> oh, I was thinking that was a good movie, though. I was thinking that. Well, there is a in there one with Michael Keaton that's the same title.
0: Uh, I believe so. Yes, I think those um, are the movies
1: people get confused. It's mm-hmm. like a okay. strange Mandela effect kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I was thinking yeah. Jack Frost the uh, with um with him with Michael Keaton. Yeah,
0: yeah, because you know, that one's much more of like the heartfelt, like you know, father son type movie. Uh,
1: um, yeah, is, mm-hmm. that's a good movie too. I, mm-hmm. I have seen that one. Um, but yeah. So I, do you want me to go next, Byron?
0: Yeah, why don't you go next and let us know. <laughs> what your least favorite is
1: yeah you know i'm going to cheat a little bit and talk about a couple
2: yeah
1: <laughs> uh, jb I mean, got his cheat uh so i'm going to get mine uh
2: i just mentioned like four movies so go, go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, home alone 3 and 4 oh gosh i remember as a kid i'd really tried to like home alone 3 and i think of the sequels it's probably the the better one but when home alone 4 came out that's when I, because I did watch it. I remember being like, that's not Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> not my Kevin McAllister. And like, just the fact that Macaulay Culkin wasn't in them. And I feel like if he had been, it would have been a totally different story. And they just kind of rehashed everything. And I think they made even more sequels after that. And I just like, they feel like quintessential cash grabs by Hollywood to milk something to death and they just completely lose that magic from the first two and that that this is me speaking from watching them as a kid like I, it has stuck with me for that long but I, d- I wouldn't say i hate them i just don't care for them but <laughs> this is one i haven't seen but i already know i would hate it and i'm never gonna watch it because i hate that it even exists and that is jingle all the way 2. Mm-hmm. why in the world, would you make a sequel to an Arnold Schwarzenegger film starring Larry the Cable Guy?
0: <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs> like, Dude, what the heck? And they have the audacity to call it Jingle All the Way 2, not some weird subtitle where it's like, oh, straight to DVD, which it was. I, 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 anything I've ever seen about anything, you know, Larry the Cable Guy can be funny in small doses to me. But to lead that as the sequel to my favorite Christmas film – I just can't stand that <laughs> concept on paper, and I'm actually really hoping nobody's ever talked about it. But I would love to see Schwarzenegger do a legacy sequel, jingle all the way, it, because they have the perfect setup. Like, do it to where he's like trying to find a PlayStation Five for his <laughs> grandson. Like, Jake Lloyd would never come back, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But um, if if they could, that'd be amazing. He won't, but like like he's they can make it a play on like they could do the the Play Box Seven or something like combine you know they can make something up and he's trying to find it for his grandkids and he can't do it and he has to try to navigate like online like amazon shopping like there's <laughs> there's so many good ideas that they could do with that and they made a sequel with larry the cable guy
0: i know <laughs> I- I'm honestly surprised that they have not because like Schwarzenegger has been revisiting, you know, some of his hits. And yeah. like even though that movie was not a hit in theaters, it it is really be, it's become a hit over the years. You know, like right. every you know, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Like I would love to see that. Oh
1: like the it, people literally made memes when the PS5 first came out. Mm-hmm. They're like, This is today's Turbo Man. I'm like, yeah. there's <laughs> your plot right there. Like, listen, <laughs> what mm-hmm. the heck? If nobody else writes it, maybe I should. Oh
0: Dude, I would. I, w- I would read that script if you uh, if you wrote that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just might.
0: Oh, I I actually I'll be honest, have. Tom. Oh, go good.
2: No, I was gonna say I'll be honest. I'm. You're making me want to put Jingle All the Way Two on right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just to spite you, and try it out. <laughs> you probably would like it more than the original. You heretic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'll I'll be honest. I have a soft spot for for Lair the Cable Guy because I get um, that here's the thing. This is what I love about Larry, the cable guy. He is, um, I, cause I've watched some of his original comedy before he was Larry, the cable guy, when he was, uh, whatever his name is, Ron Williams or something. I can't think of his, his real name. Um, um, but he was you know, up there in khakis and sneakers and he doesn't have a Southern accent at all. Um, and then he just came up with this persona larry the cable guy and he was instantly a success overnight and people go to his shows southerners go to this guy's shows and laugh hysterically at a man who is making fun of them (laughs) 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 and it's just so perfect and they don't most of them probably don't realize that he's making fun of them this is a character Uh, just so makes
0: funny. So I funny. I did not know that he didn't have a southern accent. That's that's really interesting.
1: That's kind of
2: wild <laughs> to think about. He's like seriously one of the most biggest comedic geniuses out there to just come up with a persona like that, and basically your target audience that loves you the most are the people that you're making fun of. <laughs> that is pretty genius. That, that uh, is
0: really funny. Doesn't belong to
2: Jingle all the way
1: too, but that is genius.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, uh, I actually have, um, uh, I actually got at Walmart, uh, when they came out with it, I think it was last year. Um, the, uh, the turbo man action figure I have, I have that, uh, oh
1: I'm so jealous.
0: It's so cool. Oh, I still have it in the box and everything. Um, but <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing, man. Yeah. All right. Well, my, my, I have, uh, I, I have two here that, uh, that I really dislike when it comes to it. Um, I'll give the honorable mention first and then I'll give the one that I, I really dislike the most. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the first one that is, is one that I absolutely hate was one that I saw last year. Um, and, uh, it was called a firehouse Christmas and it was one of those like hallmark type movies. Um, but it wasn't a Hallmark movie though. It was like a Hallmark ripoff, like almost one of those like lifetime ones that you see or something. Um, and it is, it is one of the worst Christmas movies I've ever seen. It is terrible in every sense of the word. It's like about a firefighter, um, who like is trying to, you know, get back with his like ex wife or something It is just, it is just terrible. And it's like, you know, because it goes from being kind of like a ro- like a romantic comedy to being this kind of like slapstick humor thing. It's oh my gosh, it's just awful. So like, um, so that that's my honorable mention. Um, but the choice that I'm going to give for my most disliked one, it's probably going to be a little controversial. Um, I wanted to throw a little bit of controversy in there, but it is one that I dislike, and that is 2004's The Polar Express with Tom Hanks.
1: Uh, You know, I. I I mean, to make it worse, I've never seen it.
0: Oh, I appreciate what Robert Zemeckis was trying to do, and I it it was a a uh, very ambitious, you know, movie for it's for the time that it was made. So I really do appreciate it. Um, but it is it is it is awful. It is it it's it. I I'm gonna just say it. It's terrifying. Is like all of the CGI characters played by Tom Hanks and everybody, it is like uncanny valley. They have no souls looking out of their eyes, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> when you were going along in this adventure on the train, I just kept thinking like I am in a horror movie right now. <laughs> And then all the characters seem like they're made of rubber, you know, as they're like, they're like bending and, you know, jumping around. It's like, it's, it's like Gumby from hell, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, so that is, that is my, my pick for the worst Christmas movie. Um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, it, it's just in my opinion, like I said, I appreciate what he was trying to do with it, but nothing about it worked.
1: <laughs> the children's book is better anyway. That's why I never watched the movie, because oh, mm-hmm. the children's book is really good. Hey, oh. uh, can I can I cheat and mention two more honorable mentions that I love? So we end on a positive note.
0: Yeah, go for it. Uh-huh.
1: Because and now I'm sitting here like because I could not remember all these Christmas movies, and now you guys have got me thinking about all these. But two I just wanted to mention is Ernest Saves Christmas. If you guys have never watched the Ernest movies, have you ever seen them? Any of them?
0: I've seen a couple of them. I have not seen uh, I have not seen the Christmas one though.
1: They are, for uh, lack of a better pun, so earnest <laughs> in their portrayal. <laughs> uh, they they are just like heartwarming, slapstick, stupid kitty fun, and the Christmas one is. Is, is like just one of the better ones. And the, the Halloween one, Ernest Scared Stupid, is the best. But very, very fun movies. Your kids would probably love them, uh, JB. Um, and then I am a huge Drake and Josh fan. Uh, it's one of my favorite sitcoms. I grew up on it. Uh, but the finale to like the whole thing was Merry Christmas, Drake and Josh. And it's, it's like a TV movie. And once you get past the very, very silly premise that they have, they're ordered by a court to give these like uh, – Foster children, the best Christmas ever, or go to jail. <laughs> it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense, and it's absolutely ridiculous. But I love Drake and Josh so much; and is hilarious, and uh, it it also worked as like a series finale, so it is a special place in my heart. I just wanted to mention those because I did not think of them earlier. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I've
0: I've only ever seen a little bit of Drake and Josh. That makes so... me want to go and check it out now. <laughs>
1: It's so funny. Unfortunately, not all the episodes are streaming because of music, like licensing issues mm. with streaming. They, they didn't buy like streaming rights um, and mm. they've never fully released it on home video. So, oh man, it's yeah, a shame. It's, it's a few in the first two seasons and I think one in the last season. Uh, but anyway, it's literally like one of my all time favorite shows. It is a clean, like hilarious comedy show that you can watch with your kids. Um, some people might think it's dumb but it works for me
2: yeah and I actually I remember really liking the Ernest movies too when I was a kid I, I, I needed to bring those let, let my kids watch them mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I had actually since you did it I've got two that I wanted to mention as well mm-hmm. uh, this is actually I've never seen it but as as we were talking and I was kind of searching some of the stuff that we talked about um, uh, Curry you will appreciate this by, and Byron too Um, There was actually a remake of Christmas in Connecticut from 1992, and it has Chris Christopherson and Tony Curtis, and it is directed by Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: What? What? What?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently it's his only directing credit, too. Um, Yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm watching that.
0: Okay, what? I want to go and I want to see that now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh. Uh, but is, and, and now one I that, that I, have... yeah, right? 1992. Now, one that I have seen that I did not even think about it being a Christmas movie, but I've got to mention it because it's to me, it's a top three uh, Judy Garland movie is uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen that one, if you like musicals, if you like Judy Garland, dude, you've got, this is like one of her best movies ever. And, and it's just such a, mm. yeah, it's a good uh, one. It's almost say.
1: nice. Oh. Yeah. I'm familiar with that one, but I don't, it's it's in that category of maybe I've seen it. I don't remember.
0: <laughs> Man. Well, you guys, you guys got me into, into, into this uh, extra honorable mention thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to give one more <laughs> to uh, <Yeah. laughs> that's a Christmas one. Bring um it. And you know, and this is this is going back to the golden age of of Hollywood. I keep going back because they made so many good movies back then. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this was uh, from 1949, and uh, it was uh, called "Come to the Stable" with Loretta Young. And um, it's one of those ones that you don't really hear a lot about. It's one of my mom's favorite movies. Uh, you know, she's seen it countless times, and um, it's it's basically about these two nuns who um, arrive unannounced in the uh, New England town of Bethlehem. And they basically are going with like no support and no money in order to build a children's hospital. Um, and it's this story basically it's set, you know, there it's set, you know, at Christmas time and everything. And it's, and it's about basically their journey of trying to raise the money in order to build this children's hospital. And it's, a, it's a comedy, uh, but it's also like a heartfelt drama as well. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a great, great movie. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, Christian themes. I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're Catholic nuns in it. Um, but, uh, but it has a lot of, uh, a lot of very, uh, very sweet themes of, of, you know, of like, you know, hope of prayer of miracles, you know, uh, of, uh, you know, um, you know, the gospel. It's, it's, it's a great great movie. So I highly recommend, uh, to anybody, if you, if you enjoy Christmas movies and if you enjoy that, that era, it's, it's one to, uh, to check out.
1: Cool, man. Mm -hmm. Definitely keep in mind, Mm -hmm. man. Well, you know, uh,
0: I want to thank you guys for, uh, for coming on, uh, for this, uh, for this special Christmas themed episode, uh, had a lot of fun. And I think, uh, I think we discussed a lot of great movies and there's some on there that I'd never heard of. And there's ones that I hadn't seen, you know, that I've marked down on my list, uh, you know, so uh, definitely appreciate you guys, you guys coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's, it's late here. Mm-hmm. And I stayed longer than I said <laughs> I would but that's just the testament to enjoying speaking. To both of you very very much um, i had a great time it was uh, actually a recharge i didn't know i needed so Aww. merry christmas to you both i appreciate your friendships very
0: much oh man well merry christmas to you curry Thank and to jb as well um you know i love being friends with you guys and uh you know you guys have enriched my life in a lot of in a lot of uh various ways you know and um you know where can uh where can people uh follow you guys and see the content that you're producing
2: JBL, you go first. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I have a podcast called Manly Movies, where I I've had Curry on there a couple times, which his episodes have not been released yet, but they're coming. Um, And I've and Byron's on been on there, hmm, well, three times as well. One of one of which has not been released, Um, but but it's also coming soon. Um, But yeah, I basically we just talk about we, we take a movie that you know speaks to men and we just kind of talk about the different lessons that you can take as a man as a husband father or really just all men in general um and and we look and try to find the the positive and and uh and what what can we learn from movies and you know what what can they teach us about life and and about being a man and that's kind of where where i come from um you know Search manly movies in your uh, favorite podcast catcher. I also have Letterbox. I think my name is something. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I think it's just uh, J B. Huffman. Maybe I'm not sure. I'll, I'll come back to that later. You can go on to Curry. <laughs> it is I actually had your
1: Letterbox up because I was on that Torch and Anchor movie. It, it is just J B. Huffman. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So for me. Uh... Gosh, I feel like I do a lot and thread myself thin. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you, uh Firstly, a little shameless plug for Byron. I uh, occasionally uh, write for ViralHair.com uh, movie reviews, otherwise known as the Curry Review. Um, <clears throat> I'm branding it after myself uh, because it's just funny. Uh, and actually, there's a whole story behind that. Uh, it comes from a dance that was named The Curry that I did at a church youth group one time. Um That just is actually the front of all of my videos. (laughs) Uh, It was dubbed the curry, but that's where that comes from. (laughs) Um, If you didn't know, uh, it is going to be trademarked here shortly. (laughs) Um, So I do that. Uh, I have a YouTube channel with a good friend of mine uh, who I think has been on JB's podcast, mainly movies, uh, Lamont English. He and I have a YouTube channel called Nerd City Central where it sounds like what it is it's mm. uh we, we rank movies of franchises we sometimes do theories we're a little bit uh sparsed out with how we do our content just both being dads and busy and being in different time zones um we recently ranked the spider-man uh series that's coming out uh soon um and so we're, we're aiming to do like one video a month uh for next year to just try to be more consistent but the main crux of what i do uh for the curry review is on my youtube channel which is it's always funny when, how, how I try to explain this to people, my YouTube channel is Curonator Productions, and one of my shows on my channel is The Curry Review, I've had that channel since 2008, and I have done all sorts of stuff on it, um, and yeah, so I just, I like to review things that I like, things that I'm into, I don't review every new release, um, I'm, my, my goal is to join some critics associations, and, um, Uh, actually uh, Byron uh, approved me to be in one has been a big uh, mentor for me in that area with the indie critics of America. So thank you for that, Byron. You rock. And uh, it means means a lot to me. It was a big deal when I got to share that. Hmm. Um, And our motto at the Curry review is always look for the good. So Hmm. what I tried to do is even with movies, I can't stand, which I probably need to do for Jingle all the way to, and actually watch it. Just <laughs> 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 always look for the good. What, let, what can we pull out that is fair that people that worked hard on this film, the thousands that didn't have anything to do with the story or the bad decisions and marketing or whatnot, let's pull the good out of that and be very honest and kind of review something from a more uh, relatable headspace for the average moviegoer and less so, uh, the the Terrence Malick fans uh (laughs) but but more but also trying to engage in a way where it's like oh there's there's some knowledge of the deeper things of film theory and all that here too so it's what I aim for so you can follow me uh subscribe at Coronator Productions on YouTube
2: and you know I really like that theme because it kind of fits with with my philosophy on film is you know what I always say is um not I, I I always say not all five stars are created equal, um, such and a good what I mean place. by that, huh? Yeah, what I mean by that is if if a director, the filmmakers, make something that you know fully fleshes out their intention, and I can tell that, and you know it came across to me as what they were seeking out to do, it's a five star film you know, like that's why I can say in a, with a straight face that Casablanca and Anchorman are both five-star films.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, the, uh, you mentioned the, the, um, the association that, that Byron kind of put together and I, I'm a part of that too. And I appreciate Byron for putting that together. And I'm sorry that I didn't mention that or, or, or the, um, the viral hair gig that you hooked me up with, but I would have mentioned it if I wasn't so lazy and not, you know, if I haven't written a review in like forever uh, and I think (laughs) I've only written like three. (laughs) I I have like
1: a whole collection on letterbox. I, I, I review everything I watch on letterbox now. And even if it's just like a sentence and my goal with that is to be like, Oh, if I need to like throw up a viral hair article or if I need to do a YouTube short when I don't have time to do like a full on production, I can just do it that way. So anyway,
0: no, that's, uh, that's, absolutely true. And yeah, for, for all of you guys who are, who are listening. Yeah. Um, and if you're a critic out there, you know, check out the, uh, the website, uh, Um, You know, we're a, we're a new organization. We just started uh, this year in 2022 and it's dedicated to uh, independent film critics uh, in America and Canada. Um and, uh, and we're growing quite rapidly and uh, of course JB and courier are, are members um and uh, so yeah definitely definitely check it out there's a lot of a uh, lot of great critics on there we have links to all of their work um so you know go and check them out and you know you might uh might some find some new people to follow um and uh, of course uh you know uh feel free to uh, like share and subscribe to Under the Lens uh the podcast you're listening to right now it's available on uh, every major podcast platform. And uh, if you want to find more uh, of uh, my work, um, uh, I write on uh, viralhair.com and as well as um, the uh, uh, 25YL media site, 25YearsLater.com. I post um, longer film uh, essays and analysis on there. Um, And of course, you can uh, always follow me on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Vero True Social. So. Um, thank you all for, uh, for joining us today. I hope you, uh, you enjoyed it as much as I did and, uh, you know, uh, tell your friends and, uh, share this episode for anybody, uh, who you think enjoys Christmas movies. And, uh, to all of you, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a very happy holidays.
2: Merry Christmas. You filthy animals? Oh, he stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, this is a perfect ending. <laughs>